Welcome to God's Story, the narrative adaptation of the Bible. This week's chapter will cover Genesis 28 through 35. Chapter 3, Jacob's Family. The threat of Esau's wrath was like a phantom hound pursuing Jacob as he fled. Exhausted, he risked stopping to sleep for the night with nothing but a rock for a pillow. During his fitful rest, he saw a vision of angels walking up and down a stairway which connected heaven to earth. At the top, he saw a figure which said, I am God, beloved by Abraham and Isaac. The land where you now lie will be given to your descendants. They will be as innumerable as the dust of the earth. Because of the promises I made to your father and grandfather, and by my great love for humanity, it will be through your line that all the people of the world will be blessed. And by this same love, I declare that I will always be with you, and will protect you wherever you go, and will bring you again to this land as I fulfill every promise that I have made. When Jacob woke up, he thought, this place where I've slept, it's sacred. I will name it Bethel, for it is the house of God. He then took the rock that he had rested on and set it up as a pillar to mark the spot where he had received the vision. In his heart, Jacob promised God, You will be my God because of the promises that you have made. And to show you my love, I will give you back one-tenth of all that I receive, for ultimately everything good comes from you. With these words, Jacob codified the tradition of sacrifice that was begun in the days of Cain and Abel. He then continued on his journey to his uncle's house, free of fear. Sometime later, Jacob arrived at a well, which was covered by a large rock. The shepherds who gathered around it would wait for everyone to be gathered before they would roll the stone away and water their flocks. Jacob approached them and said, Where are you from? Haran, they replied. Do you know a man named Laban, and is he well? Jacob asked. Yes, in fact, his daughter Rachel's coming here just now with his sheep. When Jacob saw Rachel approaching, he was immediately struck by her beauty. Crying that his long journey was finally over, he introduced himself as the son of Rebekah, her aunt. Then he rolled the stone away from the well by himself and watered Laban's sheep for her. She hurried back to her father and her older sister Leah and told them everything that had happened. Laban warmly received Jacob, who quickly offered his services as a shepherd, so that he might earn his keep. But God was with him, and so his efforts did not go unnoticed. After a month of working in exchange for food and shelter, Laban said to him, It doesn't seem fair that you work for me, and yet you're not paid. Come, let's determine how you ought to be compensated for your work. Jacob immediately replied, I know that what I desire is worth a great price, so I will commit to working for you for seven years without any other pay if you would only let me marry Rachel, your daughter. Laban agreed to these terms, and so Jacob labored joyfully for seven years with the promise of his beloved making the years pass as though they were only days. During that time, no word came from his mother that it was safe for him to return, and in his heart Jacob knew that he would not see her again as she had likely died in her old age. 
When the time came for them to be married, Laban brought his daughter to Jacob, her face covered with a bridal veil. But in the morning, when Jacob awoke, he discovered that it was Leah, not Rachel, who he had married. Jacob confronted Laban, saying, We agreed that if I worked for you for seven years, I would marry Rachel. Why have you deceived me? Laban shrewdly answered, It is not the custom of my people to allow a younger daughter to be married before her older sister. That would be improper, but I don't want you to be upset. I will let you marry Rachel right now, but in exchange for working for me for another seven years, like you did for Leah. Jacob felt that he had no choice but to agree to these terms, so he married Rachel and continued in his indentured servitude. From the beginning, it was clear to all that Jacob only loved Rachel. So God looked upon Leah's loveless marriage with compassion and eventually blessed her with children. When her first son was born, she said, Behold, a son. I name him Reuben. Now perhaps Jacob will love me. When her second son was born, she said, God has heard that I am not loved and given me another son. So I name him Simeon. When her third son was born, she said, Perhaps this child will cause Jacob to become attached to me, so I name him Levi. When her fourth son was born, she said, I praise God for giving me another son, so I name him Judah. When Rachel, who had no children of her own, saw that her sister was growing a family, she grew jealous. She said to Jacob, Give me children, or I will die. Jacob replied, Am I God? I'm not the one who has kept you from having children. Fine, then marry my servant Bilhah so that I can build a family through her. Jacob found himself unable to refuse his beloved Rachel's impassioned words, so he did as he was asked, and Bilhah soon became pregnant. Upon the birth of Bilhah's son, Rachel named him Dan and said, God has listened to my plea and judged in my favor by giving me a son. When Bilhah gave birth to another son, Rachel named him Naphtali and said, Through his birth I have won in my great struggle. Leah, who had stopped having children, grew upset seeing her sister build her family through the children of Bilhah. So then she asked Jacob to marry her servant, Zilpah, so that she might continue to increase her family like Rachel had done. When Zilpah gave birth to a son, Leah exclaimed, What good fortune! and named him Gad. Again Zilpah gave birth to a son, and Leah named him Asher, saying, Look at how happy I am. But Leah was wrong when she assumed that she would have no more children, and soon she gave birth to another son, whom she named Issachar, saying, God has once again rewarded me. More time passed, and Leah gave birth to another son, whom she named Zebulun, saying, God has given me the gift of many sons. Though Rachel had thought herself barren, and so sought to build her family through her servant, God had not forgotten her, and so she too gave birth to a son, who she named Joseph, saying, May God add yet another son. By this time, Reuben had turned seventeen, and Jacob longed to return to Canaan with his family. He spoke to Laban, saying, Please, let me go back to my homeland with my family, for I have tirelessly worked for you for over thirty years. 
Laban replied, I want you to stay. It's clear that God is blessing me because of you. I'll pay you whatever you want. But Jacob said, You're right when you say that God has blessed you because of me. But I ask you, when will it be time for me to do something for my family? So Laban agreed to let him go and asked, What can I give you as you set off on your own? I require no gifts. I will continue to work for you for six more years if you give me every spotted or dark lamb and goat in your flock as payment. You can check my animals. Any animal that I have that is not spotted or dark, you can consider stolen. Laban agreed to these terms, but instead of honoring his word, he quickly took all of his spotted and dark lambs and goats and gave them to his sons so that Jacob would get nothing and be forced to continue working for him. But God appeared to Jacob in a dream and said, I have seen what Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you set a pillar, where you made your vow to me. Look, many of the sheep and goats that are mating will give birth to spotted or dark young, and so I will increase your flocks, for the time is soon coming when you will go back to your native land. When he awoke, Jacob once again resolved to get what God had promised him, using his own cunning. He took the skills that he had acquired over his years as an animal husbandry expert and tried to ensure that the animals would give birth to more spotted or dark animals than usual. He also made sure that he got only the strongest animals and left the weakest for Laban. But it was God who chose which animals would be born spotted. And though Jacob acquired many animals, it was not from his machinations, but from God's blessing. Because of this, Laban and his sons came to resent Jacob. So Jacob went to Leah and to Rachel and said, Your father resents my wealth. You know I have labored for him for years, and yet he has cheated me by changing the terms of my pay repeatedly. But God has taken away Laban's animals and given them to me. Now it is time for us all to return to my home of Canaan. Leah and Rachel replied, Our father gave us to you. He now regards us as foreigners. We have no share in his inheritance. Everything that God has taken from our father and given to you, it belongs to us. It belongs to our children. Do whatever God has told you to do. Jacob then took his family and his flocks and his possessions and set off from Haran, but without telling Laban. Three days passed before Laban even realized what had happened. He immediately gathered his men, and he gave chase for seven more days before finally overtaking them in Gilead. As he approached, he said to them, You snuck away without telling me. You took my daughters, you took my grandchildren away like they were your prisoners. Why didn't you tell me that you were leaving so that I could send you off in honor? I, I didn't even get a chance to kiss them goodbye. Jacob replied, I was afraid. I didn't think that you would let me leave with your daughters. But please, I ask you, what's my crime? For what reason have you hunted me? I've worked for you for decades. I kept your animals healthy. I never took anything that wasn't mine. Anytime a sheep was lost, I paid for it myself. I worked hard, whether in the hot sun or the cold night. I hardly slept. I did this, and yet you changed what you owed me again and again. 
If it wasn't for God's protection and God's blessing, you probably would have sent me away with nothing. Laban replied, Rachel and Leah, they're my daughters. These animals that you have, they once belonged to me. Everything that you have once belonged to me. But even so, I won't do anything to stop you from leaving. So Laban kissed his daughters and his grandchildren goodbye and returned to his home. They set off the next day, and Jacob sent some of his servants ahead to find Esau and inform him of Jacob's impending arrival. Sometime later, as they continued their journey, they saw the servants returning from off in the distance. When they reached Jacob, they said, We gave your message to your brother, but now he's headed here with four hundred men. Jacob said, He's going to kill us all and steal my herds. Quickly, split everyone into two groups along with the animals. If he attacks one group, hopefully the other group can still escape. Then Jacob called out to God in desperation, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, I don't deserve the kindness that you've shown me. When I left my home, all I had was my staff, but now I've become a wealthy man because of your blessing. It was by your command that I returned here to Canaan. You've promised to protect me. You've promised that my descendants would be innumerable. Please, God, save us. I'm afraid Esau is coming to kill us all. He spent the night there and prepared a lavish gift for Esau. Hundreds of goats, camels, cows, donkeys, enough to make Esau a rich man. He kept the animals separated by type, and he put a servant in charge of each group and told them, Take these to Esau, but... Keep some space between each herd. When Esau asks who the herd belongs to, tell him that they are a gift from me to him. Hopefully this will pacify him. Rachel, Leah, take our children and anything that you can carry, and I want you to hide across that stream. I will stay here alone, no matter what happens. His family, servants, and possessions all dispersed. That night... Jacob felt much as he had all those years ago when he had fled from his home. He was alone, penniless, defenseless, and facing the prospect of being killed by his own brother. At that moment, a strange man entered his camp and immediately started wrestling with Jacob. But neither of them would yield, and they wrestled until daybreak. When it was clear that his opponent would never back down, the stranger reached out and touched Jacob's hip, and it immediately became dislocated. Let me go, the stranger demanded. I will not unless you bless me, Jacob panted. What is your name? the stranger asked. Jacob, he replied. Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you wrestle with God and with man and never yield. Israel asked, What is your name? But the stranger replied, Why do you ask what you already know? And then left. Israel realized, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life was spared. And so it was that because he had wrestled with God, for the rest of his life Israel walked with a limp. Exhausted but renewed in spirit, Israel set off to meet his brother. When he saw Esau in the distance, he bowed to the ground seven times as he went towards him. But Esau ran to meet his long-estranged brother and hugged him. 
When Esau saw the women and children following soon after, he asked who they were, and Israel was able to introduce Esau to his family. After the introductions, Esau asked, Why did you send all those animals to me? They are my gift to you in exchange for your mercy, Israel replied. I already have plenty of animals, brother. You keep them. No, please, accept them as my gift. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God because of the mercy that you have shown me today. God has blessed me, and I have more than I need. Please take them. All right, if you insist, I accept your gift, brother. Let's be off. I'll travel with you. But in his heart, Israel was still unwilling to fully trust Esau. So he said, My children and animals, they're pretty tired from our long journey. You go on ahead. We'll make our way towards you soon. Well, then let me leave some of my men for protection, Esau offered. Nervously, Israel replied, Why, why do that? As long as I know that you and I are on good terms, that's all I need from you. So Esau returned south to his home in Seir. But Israel broke his promise and settled north in Succoth near Shechem. And the brothers and their children remained estranged from each other throughout the generations. While living in that region, Israel became distressed as he watched some of his children fall into temptation. Indeed, because of their wicked acts, Israel could not bring himself to pass the mantle of leadership to his three oldest children, Reuben, Simeon, or Levi, and chose instead Judah to become the head of the family after he died. Knowing that the holiness of this chosen family was at stake, God commanded Israel to move his family to Bethel. Israel told his family, Clean yourselves up. Come with me to Bethel, where God first spoke to me when I was fleeing from Esau. There we will build an altar to worship God, and we will rid ourselves of the evil that has come into this family. It was during this time that Rachel found she was going to have her second child. But when the time came for her baby to be born, she had great difficulty. The midwife who was with her said, Don't despair. You've given birth to a son. Rachel whispered back, He is Benoni, son of my sorrow. And she died. When the news was relayed to Israel, he was heartbroken at the loss of his great love. But when they presented him with Benoni, he said, No, his name is not Benoni. His name is Benjamin, the son of my right hand. Then Israel buried Rachel at Bethlehem and set up a pillar to mark her tomb. Joseph and Benjamin were cherished by Israel more than any of their brothers because of the death of Rachel, his beloved wife. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt, and if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email me at mattsgodsstory at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S-G-O-D-S-S-T-O-R-Y at gmail.com. If you'd like a transcript of this or any other podcast of mine, they're available at mattsgodsstory.blogspot.com. And God bless.